hear John gently typing on I'm his typing masterfully so typing. You are typing loudly, but you just yeah. want people to think that you're planning for our episode. And of, <laughs> yeah, there's really no chance of them thinking that. No, I know. It's because uh, they know, because we talk about it all the time. That we don't talk plan for anything. No, we don't plan for anything. Except for disaster. I, well, I mean, the perfect example is that this this past week, you know, this uh, it was the 4th of July and my family did not plan for jack poop. And, and I said because you like poopy you. pants. We were not disappointed with that. We actually ended up having a lot more fun because oh, when you don't plan, sometimes you uh, uh, you, you end up just enjoying yourself a lot more. It's really easy to surpass low expectations. <laughs> exactly. exactly. That's going to be on my headstone, I think. It's under promise over deliver. Yeah. It's the same when it comes to business. It's the same when it comes to products and brands and things like that. So, Or it's just a sign of laziness. Well, that too. <laughs> but I wasn't going to go there because I know I'm lazy. You know I'm lazy. Our listeners don't know. Well, most of them do know that I'm really freaking lazy, but that's just me. <laughs> I don't so think I chose lazy. to do a podcast so I wouldn't have to get dressed. <laughs> I'm wearing pants, which is odd. I'm wearing pants, just, you know, not nice pants. I don't think people expect you to dress in a crisp suit or anything like that. You know, um, Nick, uh, just before we logged in today, I was finishing up ironing my shirt for today's podcast. And that would, people would think we're weirder than they think already. Well, they they don't think it, John. They know it. <sighs> Now you're just <laughs> really just wrestling with yourself. Yes. Yes, I am. I know. Hey, I, I know something so, yeah. about you. What? You're sort of shopping for cars, aren't you? I am. Did I have been for a while. Me? Yeah. How long is a while? It's, uh, we are probably outside the average car buyer. Um, what do they call that? Buying path? Um, oh, I should know this because it's my profession and we talk about it in store all the time. Journey. The journey. Thank you. Car buyer journey. <laughs> I'm well past that. Obviously, I don't stick. I can't even keep the words in my head. I don't stick to it. Um, but it's it's been a little while because one – so I bought using my old car. I actually used my old car to trade in, and I did it for several reasons. Um, main one of which being I was I was very underwater. We talked about this on our leasing episode. Right, I, I had a lot of negative equity built into this car, yep. and I had several years to actually uh, before I was even close to paying it off. And it was getting high in miles, and it was it it, it was ready. It was time to go. And my wife wanted a new car, so I actually got her a an SUV. For the same payment as I was paying on my car. So she got a four-year newer, or almost five-year newer car with a lot more technology, a lot more comfortable, exactly what she wanted. And she kind of wanted a unicorn, and we found her her unicorn. Um, and again, I wasn't spending any more money, and it's I, I rolled it into a lease. So I'm eating up all that negative equity, and we're happy. Brilliant. But that put me in her old car. Ah. And I hate her old car. <laughs> so can, I really can you say what ahead. it is or no? Oh yeah, it's a Nissan Sentra. Okay, it's it's a good car. Don't get me wrong; it's a very good what car. What don't you like Nissan? It? It's small. Yeah, uh, it doesn't ride very well. It's, it rides rough, and while it does get good gas mileage, the car I was driving was actually a Nissan Altima, 
and and we'll get into the cars themselves and how I feel about them in a in a little bit here. But the the center is just small. It rides rough. The gas tank is small, so I end up filling up twice as much as I did on my Altima because it doesn't go nearly as far mm-hmm. in a tank of gas, even though the gas mileage is good compared to most vehicles. So I just I, it's I'm not a fan of it, and I'm also a techie. I, I don't know if anyone knows that. I just really like my technology. And I actually have to jerry-rig my phone to be able to do my my navigation and play my podcast at the same time. And so I have like six wires coming out of everything just to make sure and, – and power at the same time, power the phone to make sure it charges. And I saw that and I have to say you did. that it is quite impressive. <laughs> it's pretty epic, isn't it? It is epic, yes. I, I've and you've noticed I changed the colors on all the cords so they're really bright and they they stand out. So it's I, it's not a subtle thing. I, I made it purposely not subtle. <laughs> so, anyways, if you can't tell already, I am not a fan of this car. Well, no, and it's um, and it's nothing against the Sentra, just because it is what it is. It's a it's an inexpensive vehicle that gets good fuel economy, but doesn't have a lot of bells and whistles. Is not overly comfortable because it's smallish. And, uh, you know, so it's doing what it does pretty well, frankly, but it's not for you. And that's why there are so many vehicles on the market, because everybody has different tastes. And as much as you drive, one of them is Then that's the key right there. Exactly. I drive so much, I don't want to be uncomfortable. This is a great car for for, um, in-town, you know, running around, which is what it it did for my wife when she was driving it. It's it's perfect for that. It's small. It can get in and out of places. It's quick. It's it's really zippy, but it's not made for <laughs> four or five hour drives that you do every single day. It's really zippy. It's, just, it's zippy. Yes. It's quick. Yeah. It has a. It doesn't have more power than my Ultima did, but it's not as heavy as my Ultima, so it it really gets up and goes pretty quickly. Zippy. It's not a sports car either, it's but it's zippy. I like it. Yeah. So so going back to that now, the Ultima, great car. I enjoyed it. Sentra. I've had about five Nissans now. Um, I live in Nashville. And Nissan is headquartered here, and that's one of the reasons. So um, the Nissans are are a big deal down here, and and they're they're uh, the dealers are plentiful. Let's put well, it that you're way. supporting your local economy too, because Nissan has made quite an investment in the Nashville area. There's no doubt. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, and and Mitsubishi is coming here because of that. Oh. Um, that's a whole other story. Yeah. Anyway. Did you hear that in the news? Mitsubishi is moving their headquarters from California to uh, Franklin. I heard some telling of it. I, I did not realize that it was a done deal. Yep, it's a done deal. It, uh, they are already hiring people here in Nashville. Wow, terrific. To fill spots. Yeah, terrific for Nashville. It is terrific for Nashville. It's going to mean uh, an extra 200 jobs. So that's that's pretty cool. Awesome. Um, anyway, that, that has nothing to do with the conversation. So anyway, I, <laughs> I have not... Since my last Jeep, and I know I talk about Jeeps all the time, they're my favorite vehicle, but since my last Jeep, I have honestly not owned a vehicle that I have 100% wanted. I've owned vehicles that I've needed to have for one reason or other, whether it's financial or whether it's um, based on the number of miles I put on it, you know, fuel economy, things like that. I, Not that I've disliked any of the cars I've had. I just haven't had one that I truly yep. just want. So I've come to a point now, they call it midlife crisis because this is about the time in, in your age that you hear people having their midlife crisis. Um, call it that or just I'm sick and tired over the last eight years of not driving exactly what I want to drive. I am shopping for a car I actually want to drive. And that's one of the reasons so, it's taking me so long. 
Well, I, I so, asked because <laughs> so John, why do you ask? People are going to think we planned this, all right? Yes, I asked because I'm actually looking to, and maybe not quite as much as you, but I like Jeeps as well. I just um, I don't like them as much as you do. <laughs> <laughs> but are you looking at a Jeep? Well, it was one that I was looking at. The problem is for what they are, and this is just my opinion based on my research, they are way more expensive than the average vehicle. Oh, yes, they are. Which is, which is honestly one of the reasons I haven't pulled the trigger yet, because yeah. there are a couple of other types of vehicles besides Jeeps that I am interested and in, would love to drive. Yeah. Um, and that's, I'm just kind of weighing my options right now. So I'm looking, here's an example. Here's a 2014 Wrangler Unlimited with 48,000 miles for 22 grand. That's not bad. In, <laughs> in that range, that's really not bad. I could also buy a... Mercedes-Benz E-Class with lower miles and maybe even newer, but let's say not. Uh, so I, I just question and say, which would I rather drive? The Jeep. <laughs> uh, which which would ride nicer on the highway? Oh, come on. If you've got to deal with ride, that's a completely Which would ride story. nicer in town? <laughs> Which would ride nicer, period? Come on. Yes. Well, okay. So here's where Which my decision- Which would ride nicer off-road? <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, probably the Mercedes. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I say that because I actually, with my very first Jeep, the car I had before that, I actually took off-road more often than I took the Jeep because Did I was really? afraid of getting the Jeep, not dirty. I loved the Jeep when it was dirty. I was afraid of damaging the Jeep because it I, it was so pretty. <laughs> wow. Anyway, I've that was when I was 18, people. I, I, my, my idea of things have changed. <laughs> Ideas of things. Anyway, if you were actually giving me that option, those, those two particular options, I would honestly take the Mercedes. And so that's kind of what I've been looking at. We, like you, we, and as we discussed in our lease episode, we have been leasing people and the vehicle that uh, Lisa, <laughs> who's my wife, I didn't lease her. That, that's pretty good. <laughs> Thank you. Are you sure? Well, no, but you see all the ads and it says, Lisa Honda. <laughs> And I said, honey, that could have been your last name if you had married Mr. Honda. One of the Honda yeah. yeah, I know. Anyway, so uh, she has been in a very nice, well, I can say it. She's been in a Cadillac for the last uh, three years, and we're coming up on the end of this lease, and we're trying to replace it. We just had such a spectacular opportunity with this particular car that the payments are low, and we're never going to, my point is, we're never going to be able to mirror that deal right. again. It was just, it was a planet's aligning. That's what it was. So we're looking at others. And, and I think this time we're probably going to purchase a pre-owned as opposed to leasing a new one. Right. Um, it just something is leading me in that direction. And I tend to listen to that voice. So we, we've looked at, I love, uh, I mean, I, I really am. I would love a Jeep if it were just me, um, but it's not. Right. And I've got a truck and I love my truck. Even though it's not a Jeep, it's uh, it's a it's a Nissan Frontier. It's a great. I like you have been a Nissan guy uh, myself. Three fifty Z I had, and that was my midlife crisis car. Uh, <laughs> it did very well. But if it were just me, yeah, sure, I could I could 
live and I would love a Jeep because it's manly like you yeah. are, Nick. Yeah. Well, and so on that Nissan topic, one of my biggest uh, complaints, I guess, is and one of the reasons I wouldn't necessarily or I haven't necessarily found one, I, I had a Murano once in the old body style Murano, and I absolutely loved that car. Problem uh-huh. with that was it was an S, which is the low end. So I again, I like technology. I like newer things, and it didn't have all of that. Mm-hmm. So that was my only complaint, but the way it drove was beautiful. My right. my biggest complaint is that I am a Jeep fan. The closest thing to a Jeep in the Nissan lineup was the old Pathfinder. Right. Or even more close or even closer yet was the um, Xterra mm-hmm. and they no longer make the Xterra. I would have been, I would have bought an Xterra that it would have been hands down. I, I would have easily done that. Not necessarily if I had to cheat the choose between a Jeep and an Xterra up until 2018, I would have gone with the Xterra. Mm-hmm. And that goes back to why I would choose the Mercedes over the Jeep, the last the last model Jeep, the most recent, not the new one, but the one just before it, the one that started in 2000 and what is it, 2007 mm-hmm. and went to 2017. That was the worst Jeep that was ever made in my, in my mind. Oh, really? I hated that Jeep. It's ugly as hell. Um I mean, it drove well. It was it was positioned well, but I just I don't. It did not look like a true Jeep to me. Hmm. It looked like someone decided to make it more um, play doh than than Jeep. Um, the newer Jeeps, the new one that just came out, is gorgeous. Now that I would choose hands down above above and beyond anything else. Hmm. Well, so how about the pickup? Love the Gladiator. I would do a Gladiator, but they're so expensive. What is the? I haven't even looked at pricing on them. What is the price on them? Um, the the base model, and and I think the base model is kind of ugly because I don't like the fender flares, or the fenders rather. Yeah. Um, the uh, the base model is right around thirty eight, I think. Wow. Yeah. Well, and then <laughs> yeah, I know. So I'm, <laughs> I'm I happen to have Jeeps on my screen right now, and they're cool nice. looking. So I'm looking at, uh, and this is a, a friend of mine who owns a dealership. He has used 2018. There are f- six of them. Jeep Wranglers. Used? Unlimited. Really? Four-door uh, Saharas. Okay. See, uh, the Sahara is the one I, I want because the, the fenders match the paint color. Yes. And upgraded wheels and tires on all six of these. So it's hmm. it looks like a, a light lift kit and 28 inch I'm, I'm i'm not sure i'm not sure what the wheel size is but okay but certainly larger than stock all right and these are 36 grand yeah oh yeah and that's one of the other things about jeeps jeeps in in the united states and maybe throughout the world i'm not sure but in the united states jeep is one of the um highest retaining value of all vehicles or it holds its value better than most vehicles mm-hmm Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons I, I have no problem buying a new Jeep because in a lot of cases, at least payment wise, whether you lease or you purchase, uh-huh. the payments are probably going to be the same or less than if you bought used. It, not in all cases. There are some things that stand out. Um, but I would rather, if I'm going to pay that amount of money, I would rather buy something that no one else has had a problem with. <laughs> I don't want to inherit someone else's problems sure. when it comes to a Jeep. Sure. There are a lot of other cars I would I would be fine buying used, but a Jeep is not necessarily one of them. Unless I'm going for a an older Jeep, like something from the 90s, 
that has 150,000 miles on it. Then you know what you're getting. You know it's going to have problems, but you're... And that's a really good point. These, I mean, I'm looking, they range from 16,000 to 20,000 miles is all. Yeah, yeah. So, so you're going to inherit you know, someone else's issue at that potentially, point. Potentially, but I mean, there are six of them, so it, it would lend me to believe that they got them um, in some some method of uh, multiples. You know, they're not... Right. It's it's would be more than coincidence for this non Jeep new vehicle dealer <laughs> to right. have six Jeeps that are equipped with the same mileage with the same equipment, you know. Yeah, so it's probably a lease a lease turn in or something. Something like that, a group group lease turn in. But yeah. for some reason, I'm not sure what it is. I can't really put my finger on it. This is a vehicle that I wouldn't lease. Really? Yeah, uh, and, and I, I say that because. It's one that uh, Jeeps, it's like a, you have more of a relationship with the vehicle. I, yeah. I love our Cadillac. I think it's a wonderful riding car and great, but I'm kind of tired of it. I'm, I'm kind of over it. Yeah. And, and you're the perfect example. Jeeps are not like that. You, you kind of develop a relationship. So ownership of a Jeep just makes a little more sense to me than ownership of our CT6, for example. Absolutely. Now, financially, yep. you're, I think you could probably get a Jeep payment a lot lower if you lease it than if you oh, bought it. Oh, no question. So if you're dealing with payments, so, but what I would probably end up doing personally and, and something I'm looking at is I would lease it for two or three years and then I'd buy it out. Buy it at the end. So I'm same thing. I would still keep the Jeep, but I'm, and yeah. Which might, it might, that I might prove out to be stupid. You might be better off doing the payments over, you know, 72 months or, or 60 months or something like that. But I, I'm, again, I'm looking at all the math to see what is actually going to be better for my family and stuff. Well, like and that. that's smart. And that's, that's a good way to look at it. Anyway, the, these are the ones that I'm looking at are, are, uh, they're all good looking vehicles. I mean, they really are. And like you said, the Sahara with the matching trim and uh, matching uh, hard tops and, uh, they're very, very yep. nice. It's, it's, they're just yeah. attractive. I don't care at. about the hard top. I, I probably would never put my hard top on if I no. had one. I'm actually, I would prefer a soft top. I know that sounds weird because a lot of people say, "Oh, why would you do that?" Because it's loud. Yeah, but it's a Jeep. But if you lived back in Minneapolis, I think you would think differently. Nope, I've had both. I had my very yeah. first one was a soft top, and I had a hard top, and I actually preferred the soft top. I don't mind the noise. Uh, I'm thinking more of the retaining heat and cool Didn't, and stuff never like. had a problem no huh my my 97 jeep wrangler never had a problem retaining heat hmm. i never got cold in that cab well and that was awesome. and i was driving it during one of the worst weather snaps they had up until recently um it was 30 below 40 below uh, before windchill and i never had a problem i was That's perfectly awesome. comfortable inside but see this is you knowing the brand and understanding you know what it is and what it isn't Right. And they they have other features too. There's in the old Jeeps, I don't know if they have them built yet for the newer Jeeps, but in the old Jeeps, you could actually get jackets that connected to the heat vent. Really? So you, and <laughs> it was mainly for people that had the top down, but yeah, it would keep your body warm That's awesome. because you were, you were connected. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Oh, it was great. I didn't have one of those. I actually just took blankets and then anyone that was riding with me with the top down, if they got cold, we just put the blanket up and they just put their legs up high enough where the heat from the foot heater would come up inside the blanket and keep. You were talking about the top down, the Jeep, not the, your passengers having their tops down. Either or 
It's fine. Oh, excellent. Well, that's a whole different thing. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Should we put the top down? Yes, maybe we'll do it on the car too. <laughs> Amen, brother. Amen. <laughs> Well, that's cool. So you've been yep. kind of searching a little bit, but leisurely. leisurely. You're not doing it. You're not well, rushing into anything. Yeah. And the other consideration, something I've never owned, but I always wanted. Uh, my dad has always had them. My father-in-law has them. Um, one thing I've kind of always wanted to is a, is a truck. I've, I've, I've wanted a truck, which I think I've talked about this before. That's one thing I like about the Gladiator. It's a Jeep and a truck at the same time. But I, I am also looking at some some trucks. And that's partly, too, because of an earlier conversation where we were talking about campers. If we pull a camper, it might be easier to pull a, a larger camper with a truck than it would be with a Jeep because a Jeep's limited to its towing capacity, as is the Gladiator. Well, I'm sure. And, and much like my <laughs> – so speaking of my Nissan Frontier, which, again, I like, is cool. It's the midnight edition, so it has the black wheels and it matches nice. the – It is. It's a, it's a nice little truck. It's kind of the end of that generation, so it's it's lacking some of the – technological advances that that uh, came about in 2019 and and beyond but um right. but it's still it's it's a great truck i did hook it up to a friend's trailer because as i said in one of our last episodes i think it was our last episode about uh potentially trailering uh, our harleys and not just for uh, that vacation we went on but on one that we have upcoming here in a few months and uh, and that's trailering at a long distance. So I tried to pull the trailer with my truck. I thought, well, this would be fine. We could hook it up to the frontier and off we go. And it was, I mean, it pulled it just fine, but it was obviously a massive strain on the engine. It wouldn't go into high gear until we were going downhill. So oh, wow. I know it was really bad. So, But again, nothing against the frontier. It's not meant to tow you know, necessarily big items. And this was right. It was probably a 2000 pound trailer total with the stuff that was in it that we did the tra trial run with. And uh, that's it. Yeah, I know it wasn't much. Oh, and I was man. disappointed that because it would not truly, it would not go into overdrive. And so, because it, it has a much higher towing capacity than that. Well, it isn't does. It, isn't the, it's like 5,000 pounds, but I don't know what kind of modifications they do, but I, it would entail, it would have to entail uh, a, uh, a transmission cooler and, I mean, because it would blow. Uh, I'm confident that the engine and or transmission would be toast at the end of a three-hour drive. Oh, absolutely. Especially the way you're making that sound. Yeah. yeah I, I towed with my second Jeep. My first Jeep didn't have a tow package. Um, never had any reason to tow anything. Mm -hmm. My second Jeep did, and uh, it was the 4.0 mm -hmm. straight six. And uh, I towed, towed several things, but the heaviest thing I ever towed was mm -hmm. just a small fishing boat, like an aluminum fishing boat. It was, it was, I say small, it was, it was, I would say with the trailer and the boat and the engine and everything in the trailer, it was about 2000 pounds. Mm. Um, that Jeep, I didn't even feel it behind. And I've towed other things, just not with the Jeep. You know, I, my dad had farm equipment and big trailers and horse trailers and I've towed sure. stuff like that before. So I know what it feels like to tow heavy things. Mm. I really? didn't even feel it behind the Jeep and the Jeep Jeep does not have a very high tow rating, especially the old, that was a 2006, those old ones. They weren't rated to tow all that much. I think, um, 
3,700 pounds, maybe 4,000 pounds was the, Mm -hmm. at least that's what the max rating is now. I think 4,500 is the max rating now, something like that. Hmm. So yeah, they're not, they're not made to tell, but it did it without a problem. Well, and I think, yeah, and that's great. That's it's to me, it's all about, or largely about gearing. You know, when you look at, at, uh, total gross vehicle weight and towing capacity and all that yep. it has to be geared appropriately so and, anyway it's, and again, so that it's, yeah. you're you you're speaking my language here too because we got on a rabbit in one of those rabbit holes on youtube and i've been watching the different videos on um a lot of these different vehicles so we're not just i'm not just considering the jeep and a truck i'm also looking at some fun things like the new uh telluride the kia telluride i thought that oh, was cool. pretty interesting um Mm-hmm. But uh, so I was watching uh, these things and, and how they tow and and if they can tow campers and things like that and, and how well uh-huh. they tow. One thing that stood out to me was the Gladiator, the Jeep Gladiator actually tows better with the automatic transmission than it does with the manual transmission. You know, it, it's it, and that is typically the case. If you look at, you know, big or big trucks or vehicles that they use for towing, they really want uh, automatic transmissions these days, just because the transmissions are so much better and more solidly built than they used to be. But right. if you're an off-road guy. And, and I grew up, though, the op- with the opposite. You know, when we're when my dad was towing host- horse trailers and things like that, he wanted a manual transmission because the, the uh, automatics would just drop out of the hmm. bottom of the truck. Yeah, well, these days, not so much. Although, of course, you still no. have, you know, semis and, and all of that, and they're they're still geared and appropriately and so on. But uh, Yeah, and but a lot of those are going automatic as well. I have a friend who's a, a truck driver for one of the one of the local shipping companies in uh-huh. Nashville and, you know, in or I should say in Tennessee, um, if anyone can guess what that shipping company is but anyway <laughs> uh, actually he doesn't work for that one he works for its competitor but he, he said half the time when he's driving he's driving an automatic really yep interesting hmm. yeah <laughs> that is um i guess i didn't know that i didn't realize that of course i, I didn't either that was semi yeah it was completely new to me so, but back to you, you, you said you're looking at uh, Jeeps and Mercedes. Is there anything else that you're considering? Oh, besides- sure. I mean, I've looked at, uh, I've looked a couple of uh, 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 BMWs, which uh, I don't know. I, I'm not sure. It's one of my favorite cars too. Yeah. It's, I'm not going to go into great de- detail about it, but I've looked at a couple of those. Um uh, we've owned a Lexus in the past, which we liked, and we, we kind of find ourselves in that. It's tough to go back and forth from a Cadillac to a Chevy or from a Lexus right. to a Toyota. It's just, it's difficult to make that transition, even though we don't put a lot of miles on Lisa's car. So um, right. it's it's just, you know, what do you like and, and what price range are you willing to be in? And, and that's kind of where you try and set the standard, but... Sometimes it's it's hard to separate the two. Well, yes, no question, it, and it's it it, it definitely is. And you see that uh, based on what you drive, it it gives you a sense for you know how comfortable others will be in it, and you know how often right. you can take people with you, and how much space do you need for storage, and so we've, exactly. we've looked you- at a lot. We're just not in a rush, happily. 
That's good. Yeah. And I think that's, that's key because you want to make sure you make the right decision. And as I was, I, I said before, that's the biggest problem I've had in the last eight years is I didn't take my time. I just jumped in because the deal was good. And, and I ended up not, I, I have not hated with the exception of the Sentra and that's specific parts of the Sentra, not the Sentra as a whole. Besides the Sentra, I have not hated anything I've had. I just, it's just not what I want. Yeah. It doesn't tick all my boxes. Okay, so this makes me think of something with the deep and talking about how it keeps its value and, and, and it starts out high in price typically. Um, right. Anyway, and nothing against the Jeep. And same with, same with BMW, same with For Mercedes, sure. same For with sure. Cadillac. But it's a Jeep. And, and that's where <laughs> I know their engines. I know, I know all about them yeah. and it, they're, they're okay. They're fine. I think that it's illustrative of how big the foul-up was at General Motors to lose Hummer. Yes, agreed. And I'll tell you why, because Hummer was better off-road than Jeep. Oh, yeah. and That's why that's why the military replaced all their Jeeps with Hummer. With Hummers. And, and well, essentially Hummers, but, I mean, they're Humvees. That's a different, right? a little bit of a different vehicle. But I was actually on the the team that helped introduce Hummer to dealers around the country. And it was, it was really cool. Number one, because driving these things and look, <laughs> the H one, especially, which was like the Humvee. It's ridiculous. It's not a vehicle that 98% of the population should ever drive or want to drive. Right. But if right. you're, unless you're the governor, if you're the governor or if you own ranch land or, or whatever, that thing can go everywhere. Two of the design engineers told me that if you could get traction, those things could climb a wall vertically. Wow. That's how, how well they were geared and how much power there was. And, and I was actually on there, and I may have mentioned this before, but I was on their uh, proving grounds in South Bend, Indiana, or just outside of South Bend. And okay. uh, actually took them on their off-road course. It was amazing. And, and, uh, I went with, <laughs> I went down this rock wall and it climbed down it beautifully. And I, we got done and I'm just like, man, that was awesome. And the engineer says, spin around, you're going back up. And I said, what? <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy. And, and sure enough, it climbed back up and had, had no problems at all, but it just shows me what I just, how poor marketing or poor planning or something was at work that made them have to lose that brand because it's, Oh yeah. It's, it was a very well-performing vehicle line. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's any brand that has had that issue and, and marketing is part of the big reason some things haven't survived. We talked about it in uh, not the last episode, but the episode with Matt Smolik, we had the difference between VHS and Betamax. Why did right. Betamax lose out to VHS. <laughs> and you guys knew. Yeah, well, we knew why why we've discovered why it was better, but we never talked about why VHS actually actually won. I mean, yes, it had to do with cost as well, and that's why No, you talked about it. You no, said it during the episode. Well, we did, but but part of the problem, I mean, it's there are things that have made it into society that are more expensive than maybe they should be or some of their counterparts could be, but it's based on mm -hmm. marketing. You know, why Why did VHS win out over Betamax? 
exclusive of yeah. excluding price, exclusive of price, was because marketing for VHS was that much better as a whole, not just the product, but also all of the ancillary products, the, v the VCRs, the, the technology behind it, how easy it was to integrate, along with the cost. That was part of it, but still, sure. it's, it's how do you brand something? How, it's, it's kind of like Kleenex. Is, we all think when we say for face, facial tissue, we say Kleenex for the most part. Not everybody, but That's most true. people. But yep. it, it has nothing to do with the facial tissue industry. There are many brands out there. Uh, it's but we call it Kleenex because of the marketing and the marketing is so well done. The branding is yep. so well done. And I think that that kind of goes into the car industry as well. You know, it's, it's, there are a few brands out there that might actually be better vehicles than others. Um, mm -hmm. Or you, you can even look at the high end. Let's, let's talk about BMW and Mercedes in reality, in reality, you've, you've owned them, you've driven them. Are they any better in many cases than a Ford? Now, this this is a, I could argue both sides of this, so I don't even start. But can you really <laughs> tell the difference when you get into a Chevy versus a Mercedes? In reality, say, is there is there anything with the exception of the high end stuff? I'm just talking about base model. Sure. Is there really a difference? Vehicles are much closer to parity today than they ever were right. before. Right. So I, I, would, I would say yes. I mean, if I've owned some Mercedes and I've owned a BMW and I've owned a Lexus and I can usually get inside those vehicles and tell the difference between that and, and I've owned a Chevy and I've owned Fords and I've owned, right. yes. Well, I, and, and what I mean by I that, I, I'm, not I, everyone can. Excluding the, the quality because that's, that's yep. a different story. I mean, there is definitely quality built in, in my opinion, built into to German cars that may not exist in other vehicles. I, I will grant you that. I'm just talking about pure comfort versus and technology. I mean, if you sit inside of a BMW as the example, um, you look at the dashboard, it's not necessarily any more advanced or any different than if you were to climb into a Chevy. Chevy I'll probably has more technology. Probably less advanced. Exactly. Yeah. It's more refined, but it's less advanced. Uh, it depends on your definition of refined. It's older. It's older technology. Yep. That's why, and I'm inclusive and maybe even especially talking about BMW and Mercedes in this vein, they are have long been far behind in GPS technology. Yes. And, um, and, and many of the Highline brands just could not get out of their own way to to work in, in that realm. And, and I'm a big, you know what, you and I travel a lot. So I, and I'm terrible with directions and I, I just don't have a sense for that stuff. So I'm, I rely heavily on GPS. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, because I'm an Android guy, I use Android auto whenever I can, whether I'm renting a car or our Cadillac has Android auto, but some vehicles do not. And instead they try to develop their own, and they have to update software. And yep. you know what? Farm it out to somebody else who has it figured out. Right. Which Apple there are some, some manufacturers that are figuring that out. Slowly. 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 Very slowly. Gosh. So, I mean, that's the part that just blows me away because I'm, I'm so used to using Google Maps because that's what I use. My yep. phone goes into my rental cars and that's what gets me where I need to go. So, 
to try and develop your own thing, reinventing the wheel, and it's less effective and less reliable, I I don't get that. Right. And I, I will have to admit that part of the reason I don't have a new car right now, I, I actually was going to pull the trigger on a new truck. I won't name the brand, but there are a few brands that because of who we work for that John and I do get a discount from. So there, there was an incredible deal on one and, and I almost pulled the trigger, but the one thing that stopped me that made me think I, I, and I still might pull the trigger, but it it made me stop and think is the fact that this particular truck does not have Apple CarPlay in it. And that was a big enough reason for me to say, "Eh, do I really want to put up with this for three years? Yep. And my Harley Davidson, if I wait till 2020, they will have Apple CarPlay. I'm not an Apple guy. I said, how about Android Auto? Ooh, maybe 21. Maybe. <laughs> really? Are you kidding me? Right. 55% and, of the market is owned by Android. 45% well, okay. is so that, by So that brings me back to that that um, branding thing. And yes. I, I, I'm probably not the only one that thinks this way. But when I say um, Apple CarPlay... In my mind, I also include Android. It's oh. not a one or the other thing. Ah, yes, I have. A, I am an cool. Apple person, and I would like Apple CarPlay, but I, I use them interchangeably. So I, I was this morning thinking about it uh, a little bit as I was using an ear swab, and um, <laughs> I was because no say one it. says ear swab. I was that's I was going to leave that one alone. No, I didn't want you to. Oh. <laughs> Because it's Q-tip or it's Kleenex or it's fridge. And that's all marketing does for this stuff. But you still have to back it up at some point. You have to have the quality. You know why I like Q-tips? Because the off-brand stuff of ear swabs are not nearly as good. They don't have a stick. They're really not. They're not as sturdy. You know, whatever it is, they're not as good. Heinz ketchup. You know why I like Heinz ketchup? Because it tastes the way I want ketchup to taste. Right. half it's probably more than half sugar right um, that's probably why you like the way it tastes if you, i know exactly i don't know how they do it but it's delicious <laughs> uh, so uh, you know but you I, there are certain brands that i'm not willing to compromise on right and well one is q-tips one is heinz ketchup uh, uh i when you say kleenex i actually prefer puffs there you go. Well, I still call uh, it a nose and need deserves puffs indeed. Nicely done. Boy, that marketing worked on you. It did work. It did work. Just not well enough to get everyone to say, oh, I just need a puffs. Because <laughs> <laughs> some people think you're going to want to smoke pot. Right. <laughs> I didn't even think that. Puff, puff, pass. <laughs> um, yeah, but and you're, you're absolutely right. So here's a, another thing, too. And this is before iPhone, before Apple had its massive explosion, um, you know, right around the time that that Steve Jobs came back. We won't get into the details of when and and each point of the history or each part of the history, but mainly when Steve Jobs came back. Um, Everyone calls their computer a PC. PCs were synonymous for the most part with Windows machines. True. Not with with Apple's, not with... uh, um, uh, what's Ubuntu, um, Linux, yeah. not with any of those other, uh, and now we would consider, we could throw Chromebook into that as well. They, that was, it was a Windows machine. That's your PC, right? 
Yep. And quality wise, and I know it can be argued, I can argue it myself, but quality wise, the better machine has pretty much always been a Mac. With when it comes to reliability and usability, it's always been at the top of the top of the food chain when well, it comes to that. Say that it's it's more expensive. <laughs> it is well, it is more expensive too. But it's there's a better. I have a I have Macs that are 10, 15 years old that run like they were when they were brand new. Yeah, they're they're fantastic. Uh, they're fantastic machines, but they didn't have until Steve Jobs really didn't have the marketing oomph behind it to mm-hmm. to beat out Windows machines. So yeah. Windows machines became very. Um, prolific prolific i would get yeah. i would say right when it in the in the market and they they had a better marketing arm behind it even though you get a pc and it doesn't necessarily last the the same amount of time as something like a a mac sure well it's you know, it's it's two layers layers of that i mean if you uh, i'm of the belief that uh that there are going to be uh updates and so especially illustrated with with uh apple with iphones yes that people are going to buy the newest the next thing because if you have planned obsolescence somewhere along the line there's always going to be the next thing and you're oh, always absolutely. going to resell all of those people who are big devotees and you know have to have the next big thing that's the lines yeah. at the apple store waiting for the next new phone now that's not as i don't think that happens as often now as it used to but gosh when they, no. they would update the iphone it was crazy and i've never and no offense to apple it's not i, I like a lot of things they've done i wish i would have invested 30 years ago sure <laughs> yeah. sure but uh but I, i've always been an android guy and so to watch that um it's pretty amazing because they've, they've never had the same sort of appetite for updating with android not that it's not there it's just not as as you said prolific as right. it is in this case with apple well and and if you really want to get into details and i will i will admit that my my information is old it came from 2013 2014 oh that's just when i was told this old. but the biggest difference between an Android phone and an Apple phone is the failure rate. Mm-hmm. And I think Android back then, the failure rate was was hovering around 38%, mm-hmm. where the failure rate of an iPhone was right around 5%. Well, and I guess how you define that would have to be part of it. Uh, I just know that, that uh, Android... Uh, owns the marketplace and always has. Oh, it does. It's very, yeah. It, well, the the biggest reason why, it's that you're talking about the, the operating system. You're not talking about the phone itself. Correct. iPhone, you have one brand, one manufacturer. Yep. With Android, you've got 10 manufacturers. That's correct. And, and I'm so, not sure that there is an arguable benefit either way. No. I don't think, well, I, it does, I think you can argue if it comes down to failure rates because you have one manufacturer who's responsible for one phone type who can make sure that all of the components in that phone are going to work the same way no matter uh, what operating system because they manage the operating system as well. Sure. Whereas on an Android phone, you've got Motorola, you've got um, Huawei, you've got all of these other manufacturers Samsung. that are Samsung that are building oh, these phones <laughs> that rely on an operating system that's built by a third-party source. But I'm sure you can look are. at it. The, 
I'm sure there are consistencies across the board. I don't think oh, I'm sure there has to be differential is is near what it was according to your data. It probably was, not. Right? No, it's probably much better now because they're they're putting a lot more effort into the phones and the quality of the phones. And like and vehicles, I think greatly they've reached parity on many levels. Yep. That, that absolutely because if they don't, the marketplace will not accept that any longer. Right, I hundred percent agree. Yeah, one hundred percent agree. But I used to use uh, the analogy. F- when I was selling cars between um, the brands and mm-hmm. I would say, okay, if you take a Ford and this is again, before we've reached parity, yep. you take a Ford and you take a Mercedes and you put the two together, base models, whatever you could, you could do the high end of the Ford and the base model of the Mercedes. Sure. So you can compare a little bit closer apples to apples. Yes. The Mercedes is more expensive. Yes. The Mercedes is more expensive to fix, mm-hmm. but in 10 years, which one's still going to be on the road? Sure. Sure. And it's usually going to be the Mercedes, often because it just yeah. because it's built with a with a higher quality or a higher level of of engineering than the Ford was. The Ford was just built to get out get out quick and get it on the road. And and to that point, you're still going to have uh, a lot more people that buy Fords than buy Mercedes. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> so it's no, 100%. the initial investment, the, you know, that, that is a big defining factor, even if it's, you can make an argument for longevity. And, and if you and I are selling Mercedes, that's the argument we're going to make. If we're selling Fords, we're going to talk about initial outlay and perhaps ownership costs over the longer term, you know? Yep. Uh, yep. Anyway, so it's interesting. But I used but with cars. Yeah, and, and I use that and I used to compare it to the difference between a PC and, and a Mac. Sure. I, and because it was the same thing. Do you want a computer that's, yes, more expensive, more expensive to fix, but it'll last 10 years? Or do you want to buy a PC that you're going to have to replace in two years? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's uh, – so here's what's different about cars. It, it, and it really has to do with valuation and how long they hold their value and so on. With cars, I, and I don't know about other people, but I've been in the car business for so long that I get tired of cars real quickly. Uh, yes, me too. Back in the day, we used to drive, when I worked at the dealership, we used to drive, drive demonstrators. And those were new vehicles. My first one was an Oldsmobile Cutlass Supreme Coupe. Oh, and that's a great car. It was a great car back then. It was early 80s, 1981. And it, mine was a diesel, though. <laughs> really? <laughs> they developed a diesel engine for those vehicles. And it was great in Wisconsin because farmers wanted diesels uh they could then they could fill their tractors up and their cars up from the same fuel tank on the farm right and so any, anyway we had that was my first it was a diesel <laughs> and it, you wow. know it's not like a mercedes diesel it was a an oldsmobile diesel which was interesting but i, I had that car and then i moved on to another one year i probably had 20 different cars because they kept getting sold and mm-hmm. I, it's kind of bled over into today where I'm, yeah, I get tired of vehicles after three yeah. years, really, I'm done with this. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I can honestly say the only cars I never got sick of were what, John, what car have I never been gotten sick of? Oh, Jeeps, of course. No, that's not it. Um, not kidding. <laughs> to you, big liar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's, I, I could have left, I could have kept my Jeeps forever. I'd still be driving the 97 if I could. And that's awesome. And that's, I I think that's, 
but it's a different relationship you have with a Jeep than it you is. have it's, with it's, a Sentra, for example. No offense right. to Sentra. It's not a great daily driver. It really isn't. It should be used as a toy. And if and that's the point. If I would have been able to go out when I was when I sold my first Jeep and buy or instead of having to go out and buy or trade in that car on a new car, I would have rather have just been able to go out and buy another car and just garage sure. the Jeep. Yep. yep. That would have been ideal. And, my, and it was I had that opportunity with my second Jeep, but it you know, a little child will hurt that. <laughs> sure. Blame it on the kid. I'm going to. That's the only thing I'll ever blame her for. No, I'm kidding. I, I don't blame her at all. It was it was the right choice at the time. It's just a life choice. There, there were other well, it was a life choice, and there was there were other financial reasons. Sure. You know, my Jeep was paid off, and I was able to pay off a lot of things with it when yeah. I got rid of it, which we needed to do because we were starting a business at the time. So totally understand. And that's my my brother has a Wrangler and loves it. And of course, he 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 occasionally lives vicariously through his son who uh -huh. it was when he was in college, who has now graduated. Congratulations, Sawyer. Uh, when he when he was in college, my brother Bruce would often talk about how, oh, yeah, Sawyer takes it down on campus and all the hotties are all over him. And, <laughs> well, yeah, because he's a young, good-looking kid in a Jeep. And, right. And it's not you or me in a Jeep. <laughs> yep. Yep. Because young girls look extremely disappointed when they see a hot car or a cool Jeep or something like that. And then they see a 50 year old dude behind the wheel. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Supremely disappointed. But I don't care. I don't care either. And um, oh, um, you know what? It's time for a segue. Oh, and segue. No, actually, that's exactly what I said to a friend of mine when we were on vacation in Door County, as I talked about before. Oh, get off the bike and get on a Segway? No, there was a guy across the street. They had like a Segway tour. There were five or six of them. And they're all, you know, meeting together before they go on the Segway tour. And, and I see him looking out the window right behind him. And I said, oh, it's time for a Segway. He says, to what? I said, no, no, turn around. It's time for a Segway. Because <laughs> <laughs> these guys are all on Segways. And then we saw a guy on the main road, Highway 57, I think it was, uh, out of uh, Door County. And he's he's riding a Segway with a cup of coffee holding in his hand. Oh wow! <laughs> On the road, and I'm going. Okay, you're an idiot. That's dedication, right there. I hope you spill it. That's all I. <laughs> all right, that was a good segue. Oh my goodness, that was a good segue. <laughs> I like that segue. <laughs> So what else? What else is going on in your world? We talked about oh, the Fourth of July a little bit. Yeah. You had the what did you time do? And you never told us unplanned. what you did on the Fourth. What did you do on the Fourth? Um, we actually went to a friend's cabin and uh, rode the Harleys up and went with another set of friends and uh, just had a really nice day at their cabin. And and so in Wisconsin and not unlike much of the Midwest. Uh, Michigan, probably you could say the same in Minnesota from your days then. It's not uncommon for people to own like vacation cottages or whatever. Right, right. And this place, this friend's place, notwithstanding, because it's it's a beautiful home. It's not a vacation cottage. But we used to have a quote unquote cottage. And it was that. It was like a it was a shack. Yeah. In fact, we called it that, the deer shack nice. where dad used to go hunting. And uh my only problem with that, and even owning another property, you know, I've thought about Arizona because of the warmer weather and stuff like that that you and I have talked mm -hmm. about. But then you feel compelled to go there all the time. Right. 
right? So in your free time, well, we've got all this money invested. I guess we better go to the cottage or we better go to the the uh, awesome home. And they are nice. They're wonderful. But I, I don't know. I, I kind of like to go to different places. Yeah. Kind of the, the idea behind getting a camper or an RV is, is right. that thought. And we've, we've wrestled with that. Yep. My, my daughter yep. would kind of rather have uh, a farm right now, but I think that's just because she wants a horse and she thinks if we have a farm, <laughs> we'll have a horse. I'm like, no, cause we're not going to live there. <laughs> But yeah, so I understand that thought. That's it's it's a tough decision to make when you're looking at stuff like that. Definitely. But and I and I look at you know RVs too, and and you and I have talked about this ad nauseum that it's they're they're awesome when you're using them, but when you're not, they're parked in your driveway, or you got to rent some sort of space right. to put them in, or whatever. And I mean, we talked with Matt about that when he was on on our 25th yep. uh, show, and and I. I just, uh, I would love to have one, but I, I just want to give it back. So they rent them now too, you know? Yeah. Oh, but they're so expensive. It's, it's almost cheaper to buy one for six months and then sell it back than it is to rent yeah. one for a couple of weeks. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's oh, insane gosh. for if it, again, com- if you're comparing apples to apples, you could get yeah. a cheaper one and rent it, but it's not going to have everything you want it to have. Right. So. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I didn't even know the comparison breakdown. Between, I, I mean, I did see a place, and and frankly, they were terrible, and you and I deal with websites a lot, so it, it had a crappy website, oh, yeah. and their follow-up wasn't good. But they take RV owners, and then it's like a management company that will rent them to other people yeah, for you. Right. And so, it, like, it's bringing in quote unquote ROI or invest some sort of uh, income right. off, you know, your incredibly expensive <laughs> investment, right? <laughs> that you have. Oh boy. So, well, they do that for yeah. cars now too. That's, which is pretty interesting. You can rent out your own. So, What car. do you think about that? What do you think about the future of that? I think that's a great idea. Um, yeah. uh, that's it's, I think there's there are good things and there are bad things. I think for a person who doesn't want to own a car or doesn't want to rent from uh, Avis or something, Avis or something like that, um, it's I think it, it's going to be phenomenal. But on the same side, if people start renting other people's cars, that means fewer people are buying cars necessarily, maybe, mm-hmm. and that might lead to increased prices from manufacturers, which will drive car prices up even more. So. Again, that's all speculative, but it could happen that way. Um, it happened in a lot of other industries, so why not in the car industry? And cars yeah. still are not cheap. And on the flip side, we've talked about this before too. Yes, cars are not cheap, but dealers do not make that much on cars. No. I had a, a dealer who showed me the invoice on a truck he just ordered, yep. and the invoice for the truck was $69,000. MSRP was $71,000. Oh my gosh. That not that incredible? Well, and you think about it, what other industry is that accurate where it's such a tiny profit margin and, and, and you can go online and find out what that invoice number is right. anywhere. I mean, it's easy yep. to do. Yeah. So not only am I not going to have a markup to speak of, I, I'm also going to tell you what it is. Exactly. <laughs> So yeah. there's literally zero chance of me making any money on on the sale of an automobile. Yeah, uh, at least a new a new automobile. Exactly, exactly. 
Yeah. It's oh, crazy. I really see that among dealers, our dealer clients, that a lot of them are, in fact, steering people toward pre-owned vehicles because well because they, they can make money on them they can make a profit and, and look i'm not against making a profit for anybody i if if i get construction work done around the house or i have you know somebody that i hire to do some electrical electrical stuff and i do i don't mind paying them a profit i want them to stay in business absolutely i don't want them to make their entire annual income off me but right but i still want to i want to support them yeah you know, we, I, I'm I'm 100 with you, and and there's some cases where I will look at, and I have looked at a dealer and said, okay, you're giving me this. I know because I know where it is because I work in the industry. I have access to this stuff. I know you're giving it to me at at invoice minus rebates stuff like that. I want you to make mm-hmm. a little money. So you know, where would you like to make it? Would you want to make it on the back end? I'll give you a grand. Because mm-hmm. in, in the grand scheme of things, a grand is not going to change my payments all that much. No, and it's and frankly, it's you're doing something that is probably going to allow them to give you goodwill on down the road if you need some help or exactly you know whatever. And, and there's there's an argument to be made there because the because they're used to getting beaten up so badly that when you're nice to them and they're you're giving them they money, excuse me, give you everything. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Hopefully the person that I'm going to buy a car from next isn't listening to this, whoever that might be. But. So how much profit are you going to pay, Nick? Exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. Dude, but again, we have run the gamut today, haven't we? We really have. But I do – I want to make one other quick point just, just to – the fact that we are in the business, so we do get a little bit better deal on cars than, than – uh, the standard person anyway. Sometimes. So, I don't for think the most part, true. for the most part, I mean, I they, they will give us a little bit better deal. I get, I, again, I get manufacturers discounts and you, exactly. you too. And, yep. but it's not huge. I mean, it's not like no. it's five grand or anything. No, no, like no, that. no. It's not huge at all, but you know, it's, so I, I'm a little bit, if, if I were just buying a car outright without my, my employee discount, yeah. I probably would not have that conversation with a dealer. I will be just perfectly frank about that. It's not, I, I'm not that altruistic. <laughs> well, it depends. See, if the dealer's a friend of mine, I, look, I, I don't expect them to sell me a car and lose money. In fact, right. I don't, I don't anticipate they're in business to do that. And I'm okay Correct. with that, but I'm not going to be easy on them. Uh, no, I, no, 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 no. I remember we, we are still getting clearly, exceptional deals. I, I remember very clearly when we bought a van and it was a very hard to get van. And I knew that and it's been many years ago and we had a, had a full size pickup truck to trade in. And one of my best friends ever in the car business, rest his soul, uh, said to me, uh, you know, I, I, you you think your truck is worth this much and it's not. And I, I said, Al, what is it about my truck that scares you? <laughs> and he looked at me and shook his head. Yeah. And then he swore at me. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And yeah, so. <laughs> All right, Mr. Man. It's been, it's been fun. We have covered a lot and we didn't even get to the, uh, the lake monsters in the United States. That <laughs> we just didn't even case. get to the stuff we were going to talk about. <laughs> no, we really didn't. No. Is that unusual? I don't no, think so. It's totally normal for the potty mouths. 
<laughs> oh my goodness. But if you do want to hear more from us or see more, or once we actually start posting more, uh, you can head <laughs> over to Facebook and look up Potty Mouths. Uh, we are at Potty Mouths on almost all of our accounts, except for Twitter, where we're at Mouths Potty. Mouths Potty! But you can find us on Instagram, Facebook. You can also look up Eat Drink Road on Instagram as well. We post a lot of stuff there. And uh, head over to Patreon if you want to support this endeavor so you can hear us not get to this point a lot more. <laughs> a whole lot more. <laughs> a whole lot more. Um, but also, you know, head over to our website. We're, we're working on it all the time. Uh, eventually, we'll, we might even get some merchandise up there. That would be kind of fun. Yes, I'd love will. to see people walking around with uh, potty mouth things. Or, or you know, I, I saw a shirt on a, one of my YouTube videos yesterday. They were they – were, a couple people traveling in Vietnam and they actually had a Burger King shirt or looked like Burger King, but it was, it's uh, had in America, we call it faux. So it said faux King, but you're not supposed to <laughs> wow. pronounce it faux. You pronounce it pho. <laughs> wow. Yeah. We might put that up there too. I would love that. I think we need more shirts like that in our world without kids around. But anyway. Without kids around. Yes. Without kids around. Yeah. Well, they wouldn't get the joke because they'd say faux King. I don't get it. No, no, it's you pronounce it fa. You do not give kids enough credit. I know. Oh, trust me, I do. I just say that because I'm diluting myself. I know you are. Um, anyway, diluting or diluting, one of the two. You choose. <laughs> right, right. Uh, go up to our website and uh, to visit us there and, and check out some of our episodes. Subscribe to all of our podcasts on your favorite podcast listening app. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll catch you on the flip side. Oh, you can also go to our website and sign up for our newsletter, which right now only tells you when our when we're going live, but eventually might give you some other potty mouths news. Yes, John. Anything else you want to toss in there? I want to toss say, into the salad. I want to say thank you to our listeners. It is awesome to have you out there, and see ya. <laughs> <laughs>